today with Claire Byrne on RTE Radio 1, sponsored by Cash and Carry Kitchens. At the heart of Irish homes for over 40 years. Cashandcarrykitchens.ie Email todaycb at rte.ie Alexei Navalny's widow will meet European foreign ministers in Brussels today as Russian courts have jailed dozens of people who were detained at events commemorating the Kremlin critic. Hundreds of people have been detained across 32 Russian cities since the death of Alexei Navalny, who was President Vladimir Putin's most formidable opponent. And for more on this, we're joined by Bill Browder, friend of Alexei and someone who was formerly the largest foreign investor in Russia. Good morning, Bill. Good morning. Now, you say that Navalny will become a martyr in Russia. Explain that to us. So um, in Russia, there, there is no um, other political figure other than Alexei Navalny. Putin is not a political figure. Putin is a, a bureaucrat dictator um, who has um, done everything possible to try to get rid of any competition. But Alexei Navalny, has he struck the core of of the Russian psyche, he he had an he had a, an idea, a vision, that Russia should be an honest country where bureaucrats don't steal all the money from the people, that there should be democracy, there should be freedom, there should be engagement with the West, and that's something that everybody wanted, and that's something that everyone had hoped for, and 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 the more that the um the the Putin regime tried to crush that, tried to hide him away in Siberian prisons, um. Uh, the, the the more the the Russian people desired something different, and and um, you know wh- while while there's only 400 people that have been arrested, um, I can tell you that for every person who is brave enough to go out there and be arrested, there's a thousand others, um, or ten thousand others that are sitting in their houses and their apartments, wishing uh, uh, wishing for a better life, wishing that that Navalny was their president, and and this thing is not going away for Vladimir Putin. Mm-hmm. What about the chilling effect, though, of his death? I mean, the legacy of his death, it, it means surely that other political opponents of Putin's who might have considered following in, in Navalny's footsteps will now be terrified to do so. You're, you're absolutely right. There's no question that this will have a chilling effect. This is the whole purpose of it. Putin likes to rule by symbolism. And so he takes the the, the largest, most successful, most effective person in any sphere that he doesn't like, kills them, um, and then uh, he sets a precedent so everybody else says, you know, you know what, I don't want to be dead, so I'm not going to go into political opposition. But that doesn't take away from the way what people think in their hearts and their minds and what they think back in their in their homes. And uh, Putin is not a popular leader. Him doing this will make him even more unpopular. And at some point, it's all going to come undone. Nobody knows when and how. And and Putin can only rule now with fear and repression because he's given up on on trying to win anyone's uh, anyone's real support. And Bill, when we look at the international response to this, I see in the last few minutes the German foreign minister is saying that the EU will hopefully decide on a new, a 13th package of sanctions against Russia and will take into consideration the death of Alexei Navalny. Do you think that that is the appropriate response? Well, I think that's one of the responses and and surely we have to do something to um, express our extreme displeasure but I think there's several other things that need to be done, um, uh, particularly at the European Union. A- after the um, war started, uh, the West froze around $300 billion of central bank reserves, Russian central bank reserves. And now that the war has caused untoward damage, un- uncalculable damage towards Ukraine, 
um, uh, I believe that money should be confiscated. The European Union has been sort of tiptoeing around this idea, and, and most of that $300 billion is at the European Union. And so I think one of the most important things that the European Union can do if, if we really want to help Ukraine and harm Putin is to confiscate the entire money, which is which is something they should be considering. Is that an option open and to them? Can they do that? It's definitely an option open to them. The United States has a piece of legislation going through Congress called the Repo Act, which will do that. Uh, the Canadians already have legislation in place to do that. Um, the Foreign Secretary in the UK is now advocating for that in the UK. It's something which which every country should do um, because that's something that will help Ukraine and really harm Putin. And it's not directly related to Navalny, but but it's something that we could really um, hit him hard, hit Putin hard with in response to this terrible murder. Mm-hmm. Another measure which I know you have suggested and, and discussed is that the West should do a deal for political prisoners who remain in the Russian prison system. Are you talking about a prisoner swap? Indeed. So I was just at the Munich Security Conference um, over the weekend and last on Friday, and I was there to meet with foreign ministers specifically to talk about a prisoner swap for the um, r- for Russian political prisoners like Alexei Navalny, um, there's one in particular who I'm advocating for. His name is Vladimir Karamurza. I was he he has the lo- he's serving the longest sentence for any political prisoner in Russia. He's a dual Russian British national, and um, he's also sitting right now in a Siberian prison, slowly dying. They tried to kill him with with uh, poison in 2015 and 2017, and he's suffering from the after effects of that. And what I'm telling these um, uh, foreign ministers, and and I'm and I'm getting a good reception, is that is that if if we ever hope to have a uh, a democratic Russia, a nonviolent Russia, um, a Russia that interacts properly with with the West, um, we need the, these are the people who could be leading that Russia if when the Putin regime eventually collapses. These are the people in jail, and we should do everything possible to save their lives so they don't get killed like Alexei Navalny. And this is there's a historic precedent for doing this um, of prisoner swaps. We've done this during the Soviet era with Nathan Sharansky, Vladimir Bukovsky, and we should do this with Vladimir Karamurza, who's serving 25 years. We should do this for Ilya Yashin, who's serving eight years, for Alexei Goronov, who's serving nine years. All these individuals are the ones who could potentially be the ones to step in when the Putin regime fractures. We don't end up with some weird fascist prototype afterwards. And who's on the other side of this swap then, if you uh, allow the release of these political prisoners? Well, for, for the last few years, we've been rounding up Russian spies who are in jail all over Europe. And um, normally, if a Russian spy is um, uh, a member of the government, if they're an embassy official, then they get diplomatic immunity and they just get uh, expelled. But if they're uh, what they call illegals, then they go to jail. And these people... Um, uh, are the types of people we should be swapping for these Russian political prisoners. You mentioned that you were at the Munich Security Conference and people will have seen that moment when Alexei's wife, Yulia, addressed the conference very shortly after the news emerged of his death. What was the response to her making that speech at that moment? Um, There wasn't a dry eye in the house. I mean, it's just the most upsetting thing that could anyone could ever witness. It would all happen so quickly. We learned about his his murder and then there she was, you know, talking about it. And and it it was just terrible to to see the widow sort of experiencing the whole thing in real time. And um, 
at, at the moment that very few people will ever forget. And there has been some suggestion that she might take over his political campaign. Do you think that that would work or that it's a possibility? Well, um, I, you know, I, I think it's way, way too soon after the whole tragedy of his murder. I think we have to see how, how she processes it and how what, what happens next. But it's it really is just such a, you know, I think we, we need to leave the family to to, uh, to deal with this terrible loss before that, we start thinking about the future. And that's very difficult for them, Bill, because we have seen the television pictures of Alexei's mother trying to get his remains back from that penal colony. We hear again this morning that they've had no success. Yeah, this is standard operating procedure for the Putin regime. They murder their opponents and then they come up with ways of preventing any anybody from getting the evidence that it was a murder. Um, I, I, and, and I, I went through the same thing when my lawyer, Sergei Magnitsky, was murdered in 2009. They refused the um, body to be released for an independent autopsy. The family begged for an opportunity to, to figure out what had happened. Uh, they said that that they had two choices that that the the body would they, they they said the refrigerator in the morgue had broken and so they either have to bury Sergey's body or it would decompose and and to give him dignity they decided to bury the body and so to this day we still don't know exactly what they did to him. Mm-hmm. Are you yourself shaken by the the news of Alexei's death? And I know you have round the clock protection. You're a, a target of of Putin. Have your feelings changed over the last number of days about your own security? Well, it, what, what this murder tells me is that um, uh, that Putin really is unconstrained by anything. Um, Alexei Navalny was the most popular, most important um, figure in Russia. And for Putin to kill him um, says that Putin knows no boundaries. And <clears throat> that means international boundaries. And that means nationality boundaries. Um, yeah, it's um, uh, you know there was some some security in the past thinking that um, I lived abroad and I live and I'm a foreign, not a Russian citizen, but I think that Putin doesn't care about anything anymore. And so yes, it's it's more concerning now than it's ever been. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alexei's decision to go back to Russia after his treatment in Germany after the the Novichok poisoning has been discussed at length. What's your own view on it? What did he hope to achieve, and what does it say about his bravery? Well, when, when he got on that plane to go back, when, when there was an arrest warrant out for him and after they had already tried to kill him once, um, it, was an, it was an act of incredible bravery, um, for sure. Um, but what, what he was hoping was that he would get there, he would go to jail, he would sit in jail like Nelson Mandela sat, and that when the Putin regime fractured, he would step out and become the president of a democratic and free Russia. That was his hope and his dream and his plan. Um, and so he wanted to be the Mandela of Russia, and um, and now he became the Martin Luther King of Russia. Mm-hmm. But he must have known that he was at very high risk going back there. He did, and and in a certain way, he he um, he and he's not only um, a brave man, but also a symbol. He wanted to show the Russians, the Russian people, that um, you know they could stand up. They they that 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 whatever fear they have, they shouldn't have that. And his fearlessness in a certain way was the, the worst symbol for Putin because if if one really powerful and symbolic um, person could step out there and show his fearlessness, then he could give other people the inspiration to be fearless as well. And that's 
that's something that Putin couldn't tolerate. Bill, thank you very much for your time and for talking to us today. That's Bill Browder, CEO of Hermitage Capital on uh, Alexei Navalny. Text 51551 today with Claire Byrne on RTE Radio 1.